Welcome to the Lead Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Barron. I'm obsessed with helping people feel more connected to themselves, the people they love, their work, and their purpose. I'm a leadership coach, speaker, self-improvement junkie, wife, mom of two teenagers, and 30-year corporate career woman turned entrepreneur. This podcast will give you the tools, insights, and real honest conversations that will help you lead your life so you can love your life. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Lead Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Barron, and I am grateful you are here with me today. You may notice I sound a little under the weather. Well, I can't believe it, but I ended up with COVID. So I got it last week, and it really hit me hard. I am vaccinated, I'm boosted, double boosted, and it still hit me really, really hard. I was pretty much down and out all last week. So I share that with you, not only to give you a little fair warning about my voice, but also just because I know that the world is rapidly changing and laws are changing, rules are changing, and I know it can be very confusing for people. And I'm not here to get into a COVID discussion or a political discussion about COVID. I just want you to take good care of yourself. So just know that it can still affect you. It can still take you down pretty hard because it took me down pretty hard. And I just want you to take care, take good, good care of yourself. So that is all I will say about that. And uh, appreciate your patience with my voice this week. And as I mentioned, a lot of things are changing. I am coaching clients. I'm coaching leaders. And the world is changing at rapid pace, which is no surprise But I think leaders and their staff and their teams are really having trouble navigating going back to work. And I'll share with you just from coaching clients what I'm hearing on my side. I heard from a coaching client last week, a male coaching client who said, I have not anticipated as a leader the amount of time in addition to doing my work Now that I'm back in the office, I had no idea how I had absorbed the commute time into my schedule, and I was actually using that time to work, and now I'm back in the office, and it's great to see everyone, and I'm glad my team is connecting, but I've also forgotten about the time that it takes to reconnect. It takes time and effort, and I'm spending about 30 to 45 minutes just in the morning, reconnecting with everyone, saying hello, asking people how they are. And that's actually taking time away from the time that I need to get my work done. And this was by no means any comment about he didn't want to connect with people because he really did and he was enjoying being back in the office. But it was definitely a challenge for him in terms of his time management. And I have had other leaders who I'm coaching who have said, you know what, I'm I'm glad that COVID is, you know, finally calming down. I'm glad that mask mandates are, are coming down. And 
I just want things to go back to the way they used to be. Well, (laughs) I'm here to give, I I gave that coaching client a a pretty big wake-up call. And I'm here to give anyone who's feeling that way too, just a wake-up call is it's completely okay to mourn the loss of how things used to be and the normal that we used to always experience. But if you are a leader or even an employee who thinks that we are going back to normal, that is never going to happen. That is just not in the cards. We are on to what's next and we can define our new normal. But there is never going back to quote unquote normal. And I'm going to give some steps today. And and one of the steps is going to be around accepting that, just accepting that there is no going back to normal. And for some people, that's really easy to accept. And for other people, it's really difficult to accept that. And I think we also need to meet people where they're at in terms of accepting or maybe not accepting that and working through that for themselves. So uh, we'll talk more about that later. But I also have a couple of coaching clients who are in staff positions and they were literally angry this week. They were like, I hate being in the office. Literally, those were their words. I hate being in the office. It is completely useless It is a complete waste of my time. I am spending, you know, most of the clients that I coach are in big cities. It just so happens to be the case. And this particular person was in Chicago and they were commuting an hour on the train to go into the office to sit in the office on Zoom calls. And this person had also happened to have a family during COVID and this was their her first time back to work after COVID and after being a new mom. And she was like, I just don't understand. There is no rhyme or reason to us being in the office because I'm sitting in my office on Zoom. I'm not connecting with anyone anyway. So what is the point? I can just connect with them on Zoom. So there, as you can see, there's a whole range of emotions going on for people. I have some extroverts who are like, this is great. I can't wait. And I'm excited to be back in the office connecting with people. But they're also sharing with me that their battery is running low pretty quickly. And as great as it is that they're excited to connect, they also want flexibility. And there's a lot of talk right now of, you know, does hybrid mean flexible? And does flexible mean hybrid? And so we'll dive into that as well. But, you know, just know that even extroverts are having a hard time adjusting. And introverts who originally in in the pandemic said, oh, my gosh, this is the best thing since sliced bread. You know, I, I can get my energy being alone at home. I can connect with people when I want through Zoom. But then I can also have the ability and the control to turn it off. You know, what we also found during the pandemic is that introverts and extroverts both were lonely at home. There was pre-pandemic research as well as new studies carried out during lockdown 
that show a stark increase in loneliness for employees assigned to work from home environments. And what we know about the effects of loneliness is that it leads to higher rates of employee burnout. It leads to turnover. It leads to disengagement. And, you know, contrary to what we think, better technology is not increasing a sense of connectedness. And in many cases, it actually has the opposite effect. We can easily see this with the proliferation of cell phones and iPads and computers and email, and we're all supposed to be quote unquote connected. But we know that even as we're connected online, the reality of how we feel and the isolation and loneliness has increased as we become more connected online. So I know I've been highlighting a lot of the negative points to going back to work, but I also truly believe that there is an amazing opportunity here for us, both as employees and as leaders in organizations. We have used COVID as a powerful time to reassess what's important to us as individuals, as parents, as leaders, as the, you know, taking into account the work that we're doing. And we have given, we have been given this amazing opportunity to pause for a moment in time and ask ourselves the all important question as to why. Why are we doing what we're doing? Why are we going to 10,000 birthday parties and soccer games on the weekends with our kids? Well, in COVID, we had a chance to pause that. And then to reassess, do we want to go back to that? It's the same thing with work. We don't have to go back to doing things the way that we used to do. We have an opportunity to pause and to say why. And especially for leaders, this is so important because there is this unique moment in time that is a gift. It's an opportunity for us to define what's next in how we all work together. So you don't have to have a leadership title, as I've spoken about many times on this podcast, to be a leader in an organization or a leader in your life. And so I invite you to think about your personal leadership, whether that be at work, whether that be at home. And have you taken a moment, have you taken a pause to think about why you're doing the things you're doing or Why are you considering going back and maybe doing the things that you used to do? But also, what is the opportunity for you to redesign and redefine for yourself how you move forward out of this pandemic into a new life of life and work? And what does that really mean for you? And so I invite you, pause the podcast, take a moment grab your journal, grab your notebook, grab your phone, whatever it may be, but give yourself the gift of intentionally defining what is next for you, for your team, for your family. I promise you it will be time very well spent. So whether you need to turn off the podcast um, and just take some time to do that, Join me back here when you've given yourself an opportunity to think about that. And as a leader, what I want to do today is 
I want to give you some thoughts and ideas and some steps about how to lead the process of going back to work for your teams. So I want to first say that this list is by no means conclusive. There are a lot of other factors that go into the consideration about how to design and how to lead through this back-to-work process. So these are some top tips that I have for leaders. But like I said, feel free to add in your own and also reach out to me if you have other ideas you would love to share with me because I would be happy to put them on the podcast. So the first of the five steps that I'm going to be sharing today, I alluded to earlier. And this is this idea of letting go of the past letting go of the expectation that, quote unquote, things are going to go back to normal because they just aren't. You can see a a long uh, graveyard of companies who have had that mindset over the years um, and they just weren't willing to adopt to change. And if you are a leader who isn't willing to adopt to this new normal and to redesign this new normal with your staff, then unfortunately, you and your organization will be left behind. Because this new, this new era of working requires different leadership. It requires different skills. It requires a vulnerability and openness and honesty, a transparency a an openness to diversity, diversity of thought, ideas, culture, diversity of people that leaders haven't experienced before. The reality is not only have we gone through this entire experience together, but there is a unification that has happened like never before. Almost everyone in your organization has lost someone that they love to COVID. As a country, we all watched the death of George Floyd. And now we have a war in Ukraine that we are all, you know, saddened by. And everyone has had some type of loss throughout COVID, no matter what it might be. And so this idea of you know, let's just all go back to normal and let's just operate as business as usual is just not relevant. And and in fact, it's really insensitive because none of us are the same people that we were before. You as a leader aren't the same. Your staff isn't the same. And all of your frontline employees are not the same people that they were two, two and a half, three years ago. And so you have a really beautiful opportunity as a leader to acknowledge this and to let people know that it isn't just business as usual, that you are going to be intentional and deliberate about defining, with their help, a a new type of work. Because I think what a lot of leaders learned, especially micromanagers, is you know, the era of control and dominance as a leader, uh, that's been escorted out the door. People are getting a lot of work done with flexibility, with um, working at home, 
And people are super productive. And it's been proven that this is a good work model, not for everything. And I want to acknowledge that, but it is a good work model. And so what are the possibilities here for your organization to be more nimble, to be more productive, to be more efficient, and to also give people a way of working that works better for them and their lives? This is an amazing opportunity, but you have to be open as a leader to letting go of the past. The next step, number two in the process of leading the back to work effort is really identifying workflows and processes, projects, et cetera, that do not need to be done in person. So identifying what work can be done at home and what work needs to be done in person. Because like I mentioned in the very beginning of the podcast, you don't want people having to commute into the office to get on Zoom calls. That just doesn't make sense. And you are creating disengagement with your staff. And so you know, identifying those times of the week when you need a collaborative brainstorming session or, you know, you need, you're working on a group project where you're working together in collaboration. Maybe those two or three times a week need to be in person, but identify those specific areas of the business that need to be in person and then communicate clearly to your staff about that that there is no flexibility during those times, that because the work needs to be done in that way, that people have an expectation of being in the office during those times. You know, communicating under, you know, first of all, defining it, then communicating it, and then explaining to people why is really important so they understand it. And the other step within this second step is it needs to be fair. So if you are giving exceptions to certain people for certain reasons, or if you're not making it mandatory for everybody, just certain groups or certain teams, you are going to lose a lot of trust within the organization. So I highly recommend that whatever you choose, you make it fair to everybody. The third step that leaders can take to lead this work back, back to work process is that the physical environment needs to feel safe for everybody. As I mentioned in the beginning, there are a lot of laws that are changing very rapidly around mask mandates or or not. And, you know, there are a lot of people that are still wearing masks for certain reasons. They either have an immune compromised family member, maybe them they themselves are immune compromised. And going back to work, actually threatens their or or someone that they love, their physical safety. And when you look at the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the need to feel safe is a very foundational need. And so when you are defining go to back back to work processes and you know policies, you need to make sure that people feel safe, whether it's putting in new air systems, whether it's, you know, people working away from each other, whether it's, you know, honoring people's need to wear masks inside the office, whether or not mask mandates um, are in place or not. It's really just communicating what those expectations are and also opening it up to people who have concerns and 
letting their voices be heard, letting their concerns be heard, and taking action with what they are bringing up and recommending um, so that they feel more safe and really honoring that. So that is very important for people's physical safety. The other thing that's been brought up that I've heard is, you know, for, for diverse groups, for people of color, that COVID is, was a nice break from the microaggressions that were happening at work. And, you know, thinking about is your office not only physically safe, but is it an emotionally safe space for people to come back to work? How are you addressing diversity? How are you taking action against microaggressions at work? You know, do you have a solid DEI education or platform um, in place for your organization? You know, are you hiring an outside consultant potentially to come in and help with that? And how are you addressing people's emotional and safety concerns with coming back to work? So that was tip number three. Number four is leaders need to role model empathy. And I think leaders really learned this during COVID. They learned for those leaders who weren't um, maybe doing this already or didn't have a strong empathy muscle, they learned that they needed to check in with people. They needed to not only check in to see how work was going remotely, but the first thing that they needed to do is they just needed to simply ask, how are you? How are you holding up? How is your family? Is everyone healthy? What's going on? How might I support you? How might the organization support you? And just those check-in calls outside of, hey, give me updates on work, you know, or we're having a one-on-one to catch up on on progress. You know, just those check-in calls were really important to people and vital to being a good leader during COVID. And when we go back to work, it takes, I think, an extra added sense of empathy as well as vulnerability on the leader's part to continue those check-ins. It's always easier over a phone call or a text to check in with people. But when you have people face-to-face, those check-ins should not stop. We're, we're not completely out of this. And it's just a good habit to have in place going forward, no matter what we're going through. Because I think the one thing that we've learned from COVID is that no matter what face people bring to work, there is always going something going on in the background. I mean, we've learned that through Zoom calls when we've seen, you know, kids having tantrums in the background um, where, you know, parents are having to help with schoolwork, where someone in the family has a learning disability or someone has COVID or is sick or someone has cancer. I mean, there's so many things that people are struggling with behind the scenes that we we got a little bit more visibility to because of COVID, um, but those things don't stop. And so really showing up as an empathetic leader is vital going forward. And here's what that might look like, is just really understanding that as people are going back to work, it is a big transition. So as a leader, when people are coming back to work, don't just 
jump right back into work. People, just like when people go on vacation, they kind of, quote unquote, need a re-entry. People need a re-entry back into going to work. They're probably going to be more tired that first week, that first couple weeks or month going back to work because it's a complete change in their schedule. They haven't probably met everyone on the team in person. I'm sure staff has changed during COVID. There's probably people that they've met on Zoom that they don't know in person. And, you know, while it can be great to have the office happy hour and a party here and a party there, that really isn't, while it's nice, it's not what people need. I firmly believe that teams need what we do in coaching, which is called contracting. You need to recontract as a team of, first of all, let's just spend time connecting. Let's spend time getting to know each other. Let's spend time talking about, you know, our highs, our lows, and let's share things that we've celebrated together as a team. Let's share and mourn things that have gone wrong. And let's really more connect on a personal basis. People need that reconnection time with with their staff and their colleagues. I think the other thing that people need is, like I said, this contracting of how are we going to operate as a team moving forward? What does new normal look like for us? What hours will we be working? What are the expectations if we do have a hybrid or a flexible workspace? You know, what will the expectations be around communication? How soon will we agree to get back to each other? How will work be done? How will accountability be held for each of us? And having those deep, honest conversations as a leader and really leading that process, but letting it be a a process that's also led by the team is vitally important. And also owning (laughs) as a leader that you don't know how this is all going to go, that you can contract right now and that you can do your best, but that you as a leader are also working through something that you've never worked through before and that you've never been faced with. And, you know, simply owning that and verbalizing that can mean the world to your team. Which goes to my fifth point, which is don't be afraid to be a leader who owns that you are leading an experiment because that is exactly what leadership is right now. It is an experiment in what's going to work and what's not. And be open and honest, like I mentioned, with your team about that. And also have a a communication in place to give people the opportunity on your team to speak up when something isn't working, but also to celebrate people on your team and to celebrate your team when things are going well. How will you celebrate together? What what accomplishments will we honor together? How will we talk about things that aren't going well? And, you know, just owning as a leader that you are leading through very uncertain, unpredictable times. And maybe now we have a hybrid workplace in effect, but maybe we might need to change that. Maybe maybe people are coming in the office three days a week. 
Maybe it'll change to two days a week or one day a week or vice versa. But just owning that things aren't set in stone and that you're willing and able to reevaluate as a leader when and how things need to change. So hopefully those five tips will help you as a leader lead the back to work process as your staff, your colleagues, your peers, and even yourself are going back to work. I know these are uncertain times. If you are a leader who is trying to do all of this on your own and you would love the support of someone outside of your organization, then please feel free to reach out to me. We have both one-on-one executive and leadership coaching, and we also have group coaching where you are in a community of other leaders who are struggling and have the same questions you do. So happy to have those conversations with you and talk about what might work for you and how we might support you. So thank you for listening to the podcast. I will see you back here next week at the same time, same place. Take care and bye for now. Thank you so much for being here today and listening to the Lead Your Life podcast. My invitation to you is that you do one thing today to move toward a more meaningful, fulfilling life for yourself. Today, you have the opportunity to challenge your mindset or have a meaningful conversation or take one action step towards your goals. So what are you waiting for? It would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. I look forward to connecting with you next week. Until then, don't wait till tomorrow. Be your best self now. Thank you.